Hi, everyone.、Uh, welcome to our podcast, first episode ever. Our podcast is called From Here to There. And we're talking about amazing stories of successful people who studied abroad and who look brave enough to start their global journey with education.、Uh, my name is Dasha. I'm the founder from、uh, StudyFree, and right now we're called Connected. And today, our first guest and my friend, Sandaria or Puja. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I love the podcast name from here to there. I, I don't think I knew that until you just said it.、Um, lovely. I'm so excited to be the first guest and honored that you asked me. So thank you so much. Of course. I mean, for like listeners, Sandaria just had. Wait, wait. Puja, Sandaria, how we go?、Um, I, I think Sandaria, just so people don't get、okay. confused. Yeah, okay. That's <laughs> Uh, you just had your book launch. So, like, you not only studied abroad、uh, and you studied in states. Yes. You studied in Colombia, which is like great university.、Uh, you also like worked in like top tech company. But, like, most importantly, you wrote two amazing books one about admission abroad and the second about immigration, which one just like had just recent event. I specifically flew from LA to San Francisco、uh, to be the event. It was amazing and huge success. Congrats on this. How do you feel after this? <laughs> um, it's, I think the day of the event feels like a blur because I, I never had a moment to really pause.、Uh, and I'm sure you know this because you probably collected tons of events where you're just running around the entire time.、Uh, but the day after the event was extremely hot. Like, I was just staring at a ceiling for six hours in my bed. After all, the, you know, the adrenaline leaves your body, you're just really tired. Uh, but it's no, like overall, it's been great. Congrats again. Yeah, event, event was amazing and the book is great.、Uh, yeah,、Thank、I、you. actually got one and I'm reading one. So, yeah, it was amazing.、Uh, I wanted to start with like the journey. Like, it started, like, I guess, like your journey in states and overall talking about education and immigration started with your studies abroad. Why initially have you decided to study abroad? Was like fearful? Were you like afraid to start this journey? Oh,、um, I had the privilege of coming to the US even before I came for my master's because in 2016, I came to University of Wisconsin Madison through a summer internship program.、Uh, it was through the scholarship called the SN Post Scholarship. And that was such a great window into what life could be like in this new country.、Um, and within the first few days,、I'd, I just knew that I'm going to come back here. I loved So much about America. Mainly, I love the freedom that I had here because, you know, growing up in India,、um, there were a lot of restrictions on what you can do as a woman, specifically.、Uh, for example, my undergrad university had a curfew for women, only for、oh, women. Oh, wow. You know, not for men.、Um, and they had their reasons for it, but I felt like the first, first time I experienced complete freedom and being in a new country,、uh, it was a bit addictive. I won't lie. And in general, I just love the, the culture here, the people.、Um, there were a lot of culture shocks as well, which we can talk about if you'd like. Yeah. But overall,、um, that summer gave me the conviction that I needed to know that this is where I'm supposed to come back from my master's. That's exciting. I love it. And,、uh, you know, like from like our experience, from like working with students, I noticed that lots of people want to study abroad, but there's also not like so many fears, you know, like, And、am I gonna make it? You know, like, am I good enough? You know, like, where would I find money and all of this? And it's always like, I don't know, like, so like very 
inspiring to find people, you know, like when like whose desire and motivation, you know, like overpowered that fear, you know, like at the become like at, at the beginning. Uh I know like usually in podcasts people ask to kinda like uh give advice at the end, but like I wanna start like from the beginning. Uh like for people who are now like really wanting but still really afraid to. What would be like top advice what to do like like next morning just to be convinced that that's the path they want to go for um you know i'll briefly share a story of my first day in new york and then uh respond to your question so i came in 2016 for the summer internship but then i came back in 2017 for masters at columbia which is in new york so the first day in america to this day is one of the worst days i've had um and it's a long story that i shared in my first book admitted but the short version of this short version of that is that i land at 9am at jfk airport after a 25 hour flight and extremely fatigued somehow i end up spending the entire day roaming in times square and ellis island like staten island and all of these touristy places and at 12am that night i'm stranded in the middle of harlem which is a very very unsafe district to be in without my phone um without a jacket extremely cold and just crying because i'm scared that someone's going to kidnap me or mug me at that so the sequence of how i got there is not important but what's important is that i ran home and the moment i got home i just went down to the basement and i was crying for a few hours just feeling so scared that i came to this country this foreign country where i don't know anybody and i left behind everything that i've known my family friends teachers um and i kind of i think about that day a lot since then because i i think fear is part of the process um and i actually think fear is an indication that what you're doing is a sign of growth and what you're doing is the right thing and you're moving forward in life so um i just shared that story to say that who are is listening to this you are going to feel scared a lot in the new country um but i promise you that you're going to figure it out anyway i mean if, if i could figure it out after that experience i'm sure that you can so um yeah i really think that fear is not something to be discarded but something to be almost like embraced as part of the whole process of moving yeah. to a new country. I like how you highlighted that like fear it's actually it's a good sign. It's not a bad thing that you have to stop it's like hey you're going towards the right direction. Like you're expanding that's for desire so like that's a good thing like you should not stop you should just like go forward move forward. And I totally get about the the first horrible day. Uh like in my case it was China. I was like really wanting to go to China to study in China since like I was in high school. and then like went for the scholarship and studying Chinese language and then I got first day to China very similar you know like 23 hours on a plane yeah super humid my Chinese still you know like minimum I couldn't communicate I got to the uh campus you know like my scholarship was not transferred so they didn't want to let me in uh somehow kind of like convinced to let me say you know like slip in the door and it was just you know like pretty much like wooden floor was like rats running on top of the ceiling because it's just like very old one and i'm like you know like i didn't have any bath setting i just took you know like sweater from like um my suitcase and uh, you know like use this pillow and i'm like when i'm like almost like crying like oh my god i like i really wanted to get here you know like for five years 
and that's what I've got. And I feel like that's a lot of people get it. It's it's it's. I think like I'm also starting to start to normalize that you know like sometimes it's not as we want to be, and you know like some you know like minor disappointments at the beginning that okay all of discomfort. It's not always you know like that like bright picture you know like this. Uh, as we all imagine how life is going to be uh, when we move. Um, I'm kind of curious, you know, like continuing on this topic, uh, how did you imagine your life is going to be after you studied abroad? So like you all have this like beautiful picture, you know, like why are we doing this? What was your why to study abroad and how you fixed your life after this? Um, hey, Dasha, I wanted to give you some quick feedback on your mic because there's some yeah. disturbance I'm hearing from your mic. So... Because as you're moving, there is some like, yeah. so maybe you can remove the shirt from the mic and just okay. put it in the center. Because I think the shirt is interacting with the mic and make a little bit of feedback. Okay, okay. perfect. Yeah, yeah thanks. Perfect. Um, great. Okay. So you can cut out all of this, right? I'll, I'll respond to the question. Hopefully, yeah. Let's see. <laughs> yes. Um, How I pictured my life. So... <laughs> I when I moved to the US, my goal after my master's was to be a consultant in the energy engineering space, working for a company. But what ended up happening was I became a product manager at a big tech company, which I hated. And then I quit that to now kind of become an author slash entrepreneur. So um, yeah, I, I feel that <laughs> I, I encourage people to make plans after their master's, but also to be open to the fact that you are probably not going to end up where you think you are. Um, and that's that's great because I also think that's another sign of growth that you change as a person. And um, my, I guess the thing I keep telling myself is just follow your curiosity and see where it keeps leading you and um, be be brave enough to take some risks in life. You know, a lot of people I know don't quit their jobs soon enough in their life and spend up, you know, end up spending several years regretting the fact that they never quit their job on time. Um, but when you're young and there is a certain window during which you can make these risky decisions without affecting a lot of other people who are depending on you. So um, I feel like I'm, I'm glad I took that risk uh, a year and a half ago when I quit my job and really encourage other people to think on the same. That's beautiful. I love it. Uh, it's all about, you know, like we talk about a lot about coping with the fears, you know, like and 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 selecting your own journey. Uh, do you think your life would be different if you didn't make make a decision about like studying abroad? I know my life would be different if I never came to America uh, for my master's. You know, I I wrote this book on immigration over the last year and spent a lot of time in general thinking about the purpose of why people immigrate in the first place. Um, and I realized that it's it's not about the destination country even. Um, it's about leaving everything that you know is familiar behind in search of something better. So in my case, the better was um, better quality education as well as a more progressive society from what I was used to. Yeah. Um, which, once again, as I said, like the freedom and autonomy that I have is still one of the things I most cherish uh, in the US. There are a lot of things wrong with America, but 
you know, not getting into those, I, I still think that um, there's so much freedom and responsibility that you have to take for yourself. So, you know, immigration is a tool for us to get the most out of our lives fast. I mean, that's why it's also so scary, right? It's so scary and there's so much fear and uncertainty and risk attached to it. But all of that shows rewards, uh, I think, in a very confounding way as you spend more and more time outside of your home country. Um, so I'm, yeah, I, 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 I wish more people did it. Um, and I know what my life could have been like if I'd never left India. Because I know some of the people I grew up with who are, say, still here. Yeah. And I can kind of see in their shoes what my life could have been like. Um, and I feel like me personally, I, I want to really explore as much as I can in the world. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad I did. Yeah. You know, like, I really like the phrase. Uh, I mean, we spoke about this, like about like our journeys before, like I immigrated like five, six times, like Russia, Spain, China, twice, Singapore, States. And uh, I like really the phrase, you know, like when we, when we talk about immigration is that like in a ideal case, you move towards something, not f not away from something, like like running away. And towards does not have to be, you know, like country or like job. It could be like in your case, freedom and autonomy. Like you understand why you're making this move. You understand why you're making, you know, like, yeah, you live in your comfort zone. Why you live in your family, you're taking all of these risks, you know, like moving to the country where, you, I mean, like not always speak the language. You know, like, and, and, and this, and I feel like, you know, like having very clear why is like very important to understand when you're making this uh, step, like whatever immigration journey is going to be education or like a different one. So yeah, I totally agree with you on this. Um, and I feel like in your case, it's when I talk about like immigration, you're like unique case because you're like an expert and you wrote two books, both on education abroad and immigration. And you have like many, many stories. Um, do you think like education abroad is good choice if your ultimate goal is immigration? And who do you think is going to be like, for whom it's the best way to go for, you know, because you have like many ways, you know, like talent visa and so on and so forth. So what's your view on? Um, I, my view on how one should eventually settle down in a new country or what visa pathway is best for, for them? Yeah, I think like what like way of immigration is the best because we have like education, oh, we right. have, you know, like you can apply to job right away, you know, like and, and, and so on, yeah. Um, yeah, I can talk about the US um, since I have the most context. No. I, I think the US, the US unfortunately does not have a very big range of options for people to immigrate here. I mean, there's of course family-based immigration, but I'm assuming we're not talking about that right now. So if you're just thinking of employment-based, then... Most people I know came through an F1 student visa for their masters. Um, and I think the advantage of that is that you get three years if you choose a STEM major after you graduate to yep. live and work in the US um, and not have to worry about your visa. But if that's, let's say that, you know, someone does not want to spend thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars uh, studying here and coming, to, coming here through a master's. Um, I think the other options could be if you start a company in your home country, you could always expand that into US through an L1 intra-company visa. So that's an option for you. Um, the H1B is, of course, a very popular work visa. Yeah. 
except that the selection rate for an H-1B is 10% right now. So it's not something that you can really rely on anymore. Um, and I think that's why there is a, a lot of buzz around this idea of a talent visa where you don't have to wait for uh, your name to get picked. Rather, you get, you get the visa based on merit. So you got the O-1 um, several years yeah. ago. And I don't know, maybe you even got the EB-1 or you're the bit right now. I'm waiting for this. Okay, month. great. Fingers crossed. Um, I mean, you're probably <laughs> going to get that as well. So um, you got it entirely based on your merit of building this company, raising money, winning awards, um, and so on. So I think that's a third pathway. But yeah, I, I keep repeating this in my book Untrackled over and over again that there is no right pathway when it comes to visas. There is only a best fitting path. So for your situation, for where you are, for what you want to do, there is probably a best fitting pathway and you should choose that. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I would say, I, I think there's pros and cons to every single option out there. Yeah. And people should take the time to do their research because I, I find too often that people become very disillusioned once they come to US yeah. and then realize that actually they cannot say, start a company on this visa or they cannot get a green card within the time frame that they thought. So, these are things I wish they should know before they even get to the state. Totally. I like how you always uh, be very insightful, you know, like deep and structured. <laughs> I just want you to like really honestly praise. <laughs> I talk with like lots of entrepreneurs and like 90% of us, we have ADHD, like ADHD type of brain, which makes it very difficult to actually produce solid sentences. <laughs> very exciting. And like Thanks. messages. <laughs> But yeah, you didn't just study abroad or like did not just study in the US, which is like one of the most competitive countries. You actually studied in Colombia, which is like top school. And yeah, I have like two questions here, you know, like, uh, I mean, it's it's like super competitive. Like in, in with us, you know, like in our company, we had, I don't know, like maybe 20 cases of like people getting to Colombia. Majority just go to Europe. I mean, it's, it's, it's still solid, but, um, but still. So I have like two questions. Is it actually worth it because I mean it's effort wise and money wise because it's quite expensive education. Uh, and second, what do you think was the secret sauce in your case uh, that allowed you to to get in? Yeah, if you're comfortable sharing, yeah. No, of, of course. Um, I I'm happy to even share my like essays, which honestly suck. And let me answer the second question first, and then we'll talk about the yeah. first one because the first yeah. one is I think a long answer. So the second question, um, secret sauce. I had a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering and most of my internship experience was doing chemical engineering research, pure research. My master's was in management sciences at Columbia. So I'm saying this because um, I kind of shifted careers a lot in that yeah. one year when I went from bachelor's to master's. Um, in hindsight, what I think helped me was I had really great grades. I mean, I won't lie. I was a type A student at college. Uh, I was also like a gold medal receiver for like highest CGPA department, all of that. My point being, um, that really helped, like having very good grades. Uh, I had a decent GRE score. Mine was 328 on 340 um, and 170 on quant. So, you know, like math yeah, is yeah. Uh, important for these degrees. And TOEFL score, I think my TOEFL was 114 or 120, which was also pretty good. Um, so grades were great. 
I think I also got very good recommendation letters um, from renowned people. But besides that, I had zero experience in management. You know, at the end of third year, I finished my SNBO summer internship. I go back and I'm like, I don't want to do a PhD in chemical engineering as I thought. I want yeah. to do a master's in business instead. Um, two things helped me. Number one was I founded a, like a not-for-profit organization in my undergrad called Isaac. It's a chapter of a world organization. Now, now volunteer programs like international. Oh, yeah. great. You know about it. So um, founding that, leading a team of 30 people and sending people to study volunteer abroad was a great experience in management, I think. Uh, and secondly... I had one more semester where I could do some work under a professor. So I spent like a month f f figuring out 25 professors I could reach out to from our top MBA schools in India. I emailed all of them. Two people responded and said yes. Wow. I chose one of them. And uh, we actually ended up writing a very good case study on entrepreneurship uh, after interning together. And... Uh, I think that case study also helped me get into Columbia. So it was like, you know this, right? It's not one aspect of application, but it's in totality. Like they look at your grades, your essays, your extracurriculars, internship experience. And so um, I know a lot of people worry that they don't have good grades and they feel very disappointed thinking that I don't think I'll get into a top university. But um, yeah, I would say stop worrying about things you can't control. You cannot change your grades. Um, but you can go and get more experience. You can get a good recommendation, write a good SOP. So focus. Yeah, and there's like so many ways to kind of like, because grades and exams are great, but it's just, you know, like parts, you know, like it, it cannot guarantee like pretty much anything. And there's like yeah. so many aspects. And like in your case, what you did, you had like volunteering programs, which is like with ITEC International, which both, you know, like was like leadership experience. And right. also, you know, like some like internship and work. And I feel like that's, the era of like most uncertainty, like well, for example, we with companies started to focus a lot, you know, like and actually help a student to secure, you know, like all of this um, and to build their profile. Um, and yeah, coming back to the first, oh, the first question. question. Yeah. Is it worth it? So yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to borrow something from my friend uh, Aditi Paul, who when I asked her this question, is it worth for you to come to the US or apply for this extraordinary EB1 visa? Was it in a different context? But she has said that, you know, that question, is it worth it, has two it, right? Like, is it worth it? So the first it talks about your effort. Is your effort worth the reward that you got at the end? Um, so if I just look at the effort that went into Colombia, I spent $100,000 into my tuition fee and living expenses. Um, I spent one and a half years of my life studying there where I was making no, like, new money at that point um and what did i get out of it i mean there's obviously this reputation that's going to follow me for the rest of my life which i'm grateful for um i ha i mean i think my salesforce job which i got uh was also because of columbia and huge parts because of the university's reputation again and i also think i made i met incredibly smart people over there um would I do it again? It's a very hard question for me to answer because now I know the effort that went in and the reward I got. So it's like I know too much to decide all this. <laughs> so, um, because I have a very different view of education right now, 
maybe I think I would have gone for an experimental university where I spent all of my time working on projects. Like no, no sitting in classes on theory, but rather spending a lot of time uh, on the ground working with or working on projects with companies and people and communities. That would have been my preference. One example of this is, uh, you probably know Minerva University. Yeah, yeah it's very experimental. Telling. Yeah, and, and they help you, like they just yeah. put you in places across the world. But uh, but I think I'm saying that from a standpoint of, you know, I've, I've done this, now I want to try something else. Yeah. So, yeah, no easy response. I mean, it's it's not an easy path, but like it's really rewarding. And um, you know, like what we also face, we have like lots of students from India uh, and lots of female students, which I'm super you know like proud of. Uh, I guess like as female entrepreneur to support other female, and I can see you know like start of this like female empowerment. How you know like just you know like aspiring female students from India, you know, like, just leaning towards you know like, great examples, great professionals. And you also mentioned like that was also one of your motivations, you know, like freedom, autonomy. And right now you're a great example of, you know, like very confident and I guess like courageous decisions in terms of like living Salesforce, which is like top company. Right now you author of two amazing books. You're an entrepreneur, which is like amazing. And um, I don't know, like, I feel like I want to, I'm kind of like trying to make up with a question, like to formulate a question as we go, but... What do we mean by like your top advice would be for like girls who like steal back in India? Uh, oh gosh. Um, I, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm sure like you like amazing role model for them. Oh, I don't know about that. But <laughs> I, um, I, I've shifted my career so much in the last 10 years that I think, I, I hope I'm a role model for another woman out there who also wants to shift careers. I, I really hope that. Um, in terms of advice for women who are still here, I I don't even know if oh, I'm thinking if I should say this. <laughs> I I spent most of this year in India uh, writing my second book on travel, and I I didn't think I would spend so much time in India. To be honest, I um, this is gonna sound really bad, but. For anyone who's listening, bear with me as I finish my thought. I felt in my mind that coming back to India would feel like a step backward in my life because I moved away from here. I, I moved away for a specific reason. And so I felt like, oh, coming back would mean that, I don't know, it just felt like I'm going backwards. Um, but that wasn't the case. I actually am so glad that I spent almost six to seven months of this year here with my family house it's also extremely cheap in India compared to San Francisco <laughs> um, but I, I I think there's so much peace that I've found living here and India has changed so much I mean just walking on the streets this year versus three four years ago there is so much penetration of mobile apps uh, everyone's using like a QR code for accepting money um, and and but I still see that there is a lot of poverty, you know, that the median wage for a family in India is still something like a few hundred dollars. Median annual wage in India is a few hundred dollars. Um, so I feel that there's, there is a lot of ways that you can kind of lift yourself out of that state. Um, 
And I really believe immigration is one of those ways to lift yourself out of that. So if someone who's listening to this is coming from that, you know, vicious cycle of poverty, um, I feel that there, there are organizations out there that help you go and study abroad. Yours is one of them. I mean, yeah, I was shocked the first time you told me that you guys, like 98% of, so some 90% of your students study for free, which is in your name, study free. That is, I mean, you have no idea how powerful that is. Um, for somebody, you know, someone who is from a backwards neighborhood who has been just systemically um, underserved and they get a chance to study in a new country, like they, they just lift their entire family out of poverty by going to a new country and studying there. Yeah. Um, so I don't think I even answered your question, but my point is that my advice to any young women listening to this is please go out there and look for scholarships. There are so many out there. Like, look at studyfree.com and figure out a way to move to a new place for education because it will really change your life. Yeah, 100%. I love it. It's so beautiful. And uh, I know the feeling of, like, when you're so afraid to go back. Um, I also had my reasons to move away from Russia and I was, like, moving many times. And when I decided to launch my company, I kind of, like, moved back from, from Singapore at that time. I was so afraid, like, hey, I'm going to stay this is it you know like I was like living like three times but I was like coming back with a purpose and for me it was similar reasons as well you know like uh mentality is very different culture is very different especially if you're like real ambitious and independent but also I don't know like when you like free thinker you know like very ambitious your world is like the whole universe it's so difficult to kind of like even like build a personal life in like very patriarchal culture Oh my God, like like yeah. we started a company back in Russia. We had 87% of our students from Russia was female. And when you're gonna dig deeper into like the reasons why they wanted to live, because you know, like that's not the place for like smart, you know, like women ambitious because the whole culture of like, you know, like female and male roles, it just, you know, like putting them down and trying to chain them up. So um, it's kind of like, I guess, um, Serious beginning, but uh, I wanted to kind of like move maybe to the last part. It's more like fun topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Like in my case, I don't know. Like we, we always talk like um, at the end of the day, crazy stories, you know, like you move abroad, you find a job, but you, all, you also find friends and you go on a date. Like last time I've been on a date was like Russian speaking person was like, I don't know, like 12 years ago. Wow. So <laughs> it's been a while, to be honest. Uh, what was your like? What was like the craziest story for you? Like, if you had experience like going on dates or like being in relationship with like foreigners, you know, like after that because that's a very important part of our life. You know, like it's not just about visa and job, Absolutely. you know, like and scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I. Okay. So dating was like a non non-existent topic in India. I, I, I kind of had somebody that I was seeing in undergrad. Uh, but looking back, I think we, we were really just best friends. And it was a very innocent sort of dating. So came to America. I think even during when I was at Columbia, it was still a very um, focused phase, right? Like you come there to study. And you have to get a freaking internship within a few months. I mean, it's, it's impossible the kind of things that you have to do in the first few months. So I don't think dating was that much on my mind. Um, I still briefly dated someone in grad school as well, but we broke off and then I moved to Seattle um, for my job at Salesforce. So 
that's when I remember, uh, I, I feel really stupid saying this, but I would use dating apps as a way to meet friends. Because most of my closest friends until then were men. And so I was like, oh, maybe I can use dating apps to kind of see what's out there, but also meet friends. So the first sentence on my profile back then, like in 2019 was, hey, I'm not here looking to date. I'm only looking for this. So I'm sure people who saw that was like, what the hell are you doing on a dating app? And why are you here? But um, I ended up meeting a lot of great friends. Uh, in terms of crazy stories on dates, hmm, I uh, I feel like there's some things that's TMI for sharing on a public podcast. But I, um, I once met someone and we had a really great time talking. And I randomly told him while walking that, you know, I've never been to a strip club in my life. And he was like, oh, you want to go right now? <laughs> and then we ended up going to a strip club, which is the only time I've been to one, uh, by the way. Was like male or female? <laughs> oh, it was a female strip club. So, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that, that was uh, one fun story from dating. And uh, I, I think something else that blew my mind a few year, couple yeah. of years ago was discovering this concept called polyamory, which for anyone oh God, who's... Yeah, welcome to California. <laughs> What's that? Welcome to California. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I I, didn't... Yeah, it blew my mind. Like, so for someone who's listening, polyamory is this idea that you can have an emotional and romantic connection with more than one person at the same time. And it's very open and honest. It's not like you're cheating on one person. Um, and so coming from a strictly monogamous background in India where it's monogamy or nothing. Like, just watching people um, in this new way of living life was shocking at first. Um, and so I think, yeah, I I'll just stop there without going into further details. But those are my... <laughs> well, I totally get it. Uh, Russia is strictly monogamy culture as well, traditional. And yeah, also, for me, Already traditional norms in everything do not exist. There is like absolutely no barrier, you know, like you can be anyone you want, which is liberating, but at the same time can be terrifying and shocking at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I also think it's just, um, I, I think there is a sort of a reverse culture shock that happens when you go from there to back to your country or e even some other country, right? Uh, I felt that when I came back to India this year, a lot of reverse culture shocks. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious um, if you've gone back to Russia in recent times since you've uh, come to stay. Yeah, no, last time I was like back back home was like two years ago. But um, yeah, it is. It is shock. I remember especially like first time sort to live abroad. I feel like when you live abroad and like change in different countries, you become so open and so flexible and so adaptive. It's like, you know, like your mind, you know, like your culture can be shaped to like any form, you know, like and, and be like adaptive to any any new place. And I feel like in places with like very deep cultural roots, even like Europe, I don't know, like France or something, it's just like true, you know, yeah. like if your culture is like very, very, uh, and history is like very long, you know, like your roots are very deep. And at some point of time, it's kind of like, does not allow you to grow further. And I feel like people are very judgmental and critical to like anything outside. Cause you know, like after living in many different countries or like living in California, you're just like anyone can do anything. And like, unless they, you know, like they kind of like, 
I don't know, the story of boundaries, that's sort of acceptable. Yeah. You just accept people the way they are and you, that's like first stage. And second stage, you know, like you actually praise weirdness and uniqueness and the individuality, you know, like the more unusual you are, the better. And that's very different. I feel like that was like one of the more, you know, like like reverse cultural shocks. It's like, I could see, you know, like how much I've changed. You know, like, hey, you know, like, why do you care? You know, like what like other people do. It's like their choice. Be happy for them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that was like for me. I don't know. What was yours? No, no. What you just said. Um, I was just thinking about walking across the streets of New York and then, for example, seeing somebody who's sitting there playing the violin, busking. Um, or yeah. uh, another time, like someone who's half naked doing cartwheels on the street. You know, just all these really random things that people do, uh, which in many other places would have been completely unacceptable and even illegal, <laughs> I would say, but uh, it's accepted in America. And as you said, I think it expands your mind to a point where you, you're you not resisting change. I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm completely open to change all the time, but uh, anytime I feel myself being resistant, I try to yeah. remind myself that, hey, remember the first time that you did this? Remember how scary yeah. that felt, but still yeah. you got through that. So remember the fact that you can do this, like, because you've done this before. 100%. I love it. Okay. I wanted to wrap it up. I know that's a weekend for you. By the way, thanks so much for waking up. Of course. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Okay. Now I'll wait it all for you. Uh, final question. Top maybe do and top don't uh, for like someone who wants to move abroad, like immigrate to study. Yeah. Top do's and top don'ts. Um, and we'll start with don'ts because it's easier. <laughs> don't be pennywise and pound foolish when you come to the US. Don't count every dollar. You're going to make back all the money, I promise. Especially don't cheap out on food, which I did uh, my first two years ago. Do's would be do say yes to things. I mean, in the first few months, say yes to new experiences, to boat parties and mixers and all these, you know, networking events. Um, do spend some time by yourself every week. Like have some alone time. So you get a chance to reflect on what's happening in your life. And uh, do document what's happening in your life. Because you're, you're going to want to look back on them uh, a few years later. And guys, that is the top and best advice for someone who actually wrote two books. <laughs> I still love it. I've never did this, but I think I feel like it's it's such a beautiful journey to look back and see a progression. I kind of like right now regret I haven't done this. I'll like build it in the company. Oh my god, like me four years ago. Yeah, I'm totally different person. Before you know, like funding rounds and all of this. Absolutely. Um, um, and yeah, once again, I just want to say like you you're literally making dreams come true because now I truly know moving to the U.S. was one of the bravest and best decisions I've taken for myself. And you're making more people do that and making it easier for people to do that. So um, I'm just so excited for people like you who help like people like me or future me is um, like reach their dream. Thank you so much. It was it was the best first episode I could ever hope for. Thank you. So it was it was I don't know it was I feel I don't know for me I don't know guys if you're gonna listen to this for me it was insightful deep 
both structural and funny and emotional. I guess like that's the best. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. And guys, go and read the books. They are amazing. Both of them. Yeah, Admit it exactly. and then chuckle. Yes. Thanks.